Gone are the days of knights and chivalry, and yet that hasn't changed God's vision of you as a man of valor. Today, pornography is a simple mouse click away, and sexual addiction is at an epidemic level. Dr. Mark Laser is an internationally known author and speaker, the leading Christian authority on sexual addiction, and the host of Faithful and True's online radio production, The Men of Valor Program. Here now is Dr. Mark Laser. Welcome to our show today. And Randy, uh, we're going to continue our exploration of uh, the seven principles of uh, recovery that uh, we've been talking about now for Be- several weeks. Absolutely, Mark. Based on the Life Guide for Men that's published by Life Recovery International, our good friends down in Florida. And uh, today we're going to address principle number five. And principle number five is described as uh, we explore the damage we have done, accept responsibility, and make amends for our wrongs. Yeah, and I've been feeling uh, compelled, I guess, all the way along this series to uh, obviously recognize and accept that the principles are built on the foundation that many of us learned in our early recovery from the 12 Steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. So the astute listener will know that uh, we're basically talking about Step 8 and 9, which is to, you know, first of all, uh, begin with uh, the recognition that in our addiction and in our dysfunctional behaviors, we've hurt a whole lot of people. So uh, we've betrayed trust, we've violated things, we've perhaps caused, you know, all kinds of different damage. This is uh, really, uh, I think, one of the more challenging steps. And uh, these principles are in order for a reason, by the way. So when you think about the fact that we're now built on the foundation of accepting our own powerlessness, learning how to more completely trust and surrender control of our life to God, that we've taken a complete inventory of all of our moral failures. We've built an accountability program. We've tried to look at some of the defects of our character and uh, work on positive character development. Now, after we've got that foundation going, now we're going to look at uh, kind of the the serious work of thinking about all the people that we've harmed and then beginning to consider how we might make amends to all of them. Well, it makes sense to me after, uh, in light of last week's show in which we uh, discussed Principle 4 and talked about the subject of accountability, it does feel like the next natural step would be accepting responsibility. Yeah, that's right. And Last week we talked about, and we we went over all of this kind of fast. I was, you know, thinking after the show, but uh, the the whole idea of uh, going from pride and selfishness to humility, I think, is really based on understanding and accepting uh, that we've made mistakes and that we've hurt people. So, sitting down in this principle to kind of you know very much take that seriously and even make lists of people that we've harmed uh, will impress on us the fact that uh, uh, we've done some some awful and terrible things and caused some damage. So where do you take it from there? Well, you know, remember now that uh, we don't want to increase people's uh, shame also, you know, that uh, uh, we have to remember in uh, the earlier principle three that you know, we're going to confess all of our sins to a person of spiritual authority. So I think it's always good as we get into this step to remember that uh, we are forgiven for all of our sins. And 
and all of that, and to remember that God still loves us, God still cares for us. So start there. When you also build upon the foundation of, you know, God's uh, uh, love and forgiveness, then I think that 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 gives you some greater freedom to move into this uh, particular principle. So I, I think the place to begin, Randy, is just to sit down with a piece of paper and uh, ask yourself the question, who did uh, I most harm by, you know, my addiction or by my uh, sinful behavior? And I think the average uh, person out there will, if they're married, you know, will recognize that, you know, the number one person that they've harmed is their spouse. And uh, so, you know, his or her name will be kind of top on the list. There's going to be a lot of family members at the top of that list. That that's that's <laughs> right. I was just going to get to the fact that uh, you know the children are on that list. Uh, in the early days for me, you know, it was Debbie, you know, Sarah, Jonathan, and Benjamin, and you know that was the first four names, and <clears throat> that was uh, those were the four that I were the most concerned about in the early days. Well, I, I think that's going to be true of uh, of most uh, individuals' uh, lists when they sit and open their hearts to who has been harmed the most by your behavior. It's going to be that very intimate, personal family list. Yeah, that's right. So I think uh, <clears throat> it's good in the early days of recovery to really focus on the the uh, more immediate people you know that are, are in your life the the ones that you're living with for sure right and um, then maybe your extended family also you know friendships that you may have violated along the way you might think about it just in terms of categories you know like family friends work associates uh, you know people at church uh, think in terms of categories but uh, mm-hmm. you know make uh, as much as you can, uh, a complete list of all the people that you've you feel like you've harmed. Now, once that list has been created and and you've reviewed it and you think that it's pretty comprehensive, where do you go from there? I always con- uh, consider this project to it's like a a, a trifold piece of paper. You're going to uh, divide a piece of paper into three columns. <clears throat> the first column, the left column will have, in fact, all of those names that we were just talking about. The middle column, and this is a, a hard one like it all is, but uh, is to, next to that person's name, describe how you think you've actually harmed them. You know, what is the nature of the wrong that you committed? What is the nature of the damage that you did? And then the, the third column, the column on the right, uh, would be a description briefly of the amend that you're planning to make. So, you know, in a show today, we're going to get into some of the different kinds of uh, amends that are out there, because I think the word amends is uh, often misunderstood, uh, or at least uh, not fully comprehended. So I want to talk about that today. Well, and wouldn't the amends vary from individual to individual? That's right. Uh, the the amends that are necessary for you to make with your spouse mm-hmm. would be uniquely different from the ones that you would make with a, a co-worker or uh your children. Yeah, that that's possibly true. And I think as we get into this and get into maybe a couple of examples, I think it might be easier for the listeners to understand. So let's talk about, let's say your spouse is number one on your list. Let's say that the damage you described is that, you know, you've betrayed their trust. Uh, you've uh, 
violated your vows, you've done whatever damage to that person's sense of self-esteem that you think you may have uh, created. One of the ways that you've done that is uh, one of the specific harms that you've committed is that uh, you were a you know a liar. You uh, you didn't tell the truth. You covered your tracks. You specifically denied certain things. And, you know, one of the damages that that creates in a lot of spouses is kind of a a confusion. Uh, Some spouses around here, anyway, describe it as feeling kind of crazy. You're telling them one thing. They sense another thing. Uh, They don't have the objective data. So, you know, it makes them feel crazy. So many of the wives around here describe feeling crazy. And uh, they sometimes start acting crazy. And then one of the awful things that sometimes the addicts do is blame their spouse for being crazy, and that uh, can get them into all kind of uh, justifications and stuff. In the early days, if your spouse is on the list and you've created some damage by uh, craziness, one of the amends you're going to make is to uh, start telling the truth. And, And telling the truth would mean going back over history and uh, what we've often referred to on this show is, you know, full disclosure. You're going to sit down from start to finish and, and talk about the truth. You're going to fill in the holes. You're going to admit specifically times when you lied. And you're going to tell uh, the reality of your history in terms of what you actually did. I sit in quite often on these kind of uh, sessions where, in our case, a husband is finally getting honest with a spouse It's hard to describe uh, the sense of relief uh, uh, on the face of uh, the spouses when they they finally hear the truth. And that's that's one of the ways that we're making amends. Well, and as the the workbook points out so clearly, it reminds us that the reason for exploring the damage you you have done is not to increase your despair or add to your shame. That is right. It is basically to give you some better ideas about how you might actually make amends. Because this principle is all about growing in maturity, isn't it? That's right. You know, all the principles are about growing in maturity and faith and spirituality and all those kinds of things. To recognize the damage you've done, accept it, and to and to want to to make amends for it, you know that's that's definitely growing in character. And as you consider the many ways that you've harmed others, you gain a deeper understanding of how your sins have hurt the heart of God. Yeah, that's that's true. That we've you know also uh, offended God because God cares about all people and all that kind of thing. So. Right. Well, at this point, we're going to go to a break, Mark, and when we come back, we're going to continue to uh, explore this principle number five. You're listening to Dr. Mark Laser on the Men of Valor program, and we'll be right back. Are you a man struggling with sexual addiction? Faithful and True is a Christian-based counseling center specializing in the treatment of sex addiction. Our well-trained staff has the highest levels of clinical expertise combined with personal experience to understand and effectively treat your sexual addiction. We have a proven track record for helping men who are seeking a transformation in their lives. Our three-day intensive workshops led by Dr. Mark Laser, the leading Christian authority on sex addiction, is the most effective and affordable treatment program in the country. Our workshop alumni rate our workshops as life-changing. 
We also offer workshops for spouses and couples. If you're serious about making a change in your life and are seeking a treatment program provided by the top Christian experts in the sex addiction field, visit us at faithfulandtrue.com to learn more. That's faithfulandtrue.com. trigger of the week. The trigger of the week this week is the uh, the final installment in our examination of uh, the classic emotional triggers that uh, make us more vulnerable to our acting out behaviors. So far we've covered the uh, HALT, and I've added the B for boredom, HALT B. We've talked about uh, being hungry, we've talked about being angry, we've talked about being lonely, and we've talked about being bored. By the way, I don't know why we haven't done them in the, the exact order of the acronym, but uh, we finally come today. I thought, I thought it was part of your dyslexia. I well, wasn't it could quite be. sure. <laughs> dyslexia, confusion, ADD, uh, lack of organization, you know, whatever it is. So today we finally get to the T, uh, which is for tired. And uh, I think uh, this is an easy one, I think, for the average person to understand that uh, if we're we're tired, uh, we can be a lot more vulnerable. We just don't have the strength to uh, resist uh, temptation sometimes. So uh, what I did want to point out today is I think there are two different kinds of tiredness. You know, there's physical tiredness, and we're all familiar with that. We don't get enough sleep. We've been working hard or suffering from a lot of uh, stress, and that can, uh, can wear out our, our physical bodies. Uh, but the other kind of tiredness I think is equally important, if perhaps not even more so in terms of resisting temptation, and that would be emotional tiredness, just uh, being uh, worn out by stress, by anxiety, by anger, by fear, by all of those kind of emotions that we might go through. And it tends to uh, literally make us emotionally tired. And uh, if you ever get to the point where you just don't want to have another conversation, you, you're, you want, don't want to have another thought, you just want to go space out someplace, maybe sit in front of the television and have something to eat to comfort yourself. You know, you may know you're suffering from the symptoms of emotional tiredness. Uh, and if that's, in fact, the case, uh, then you need to, uh, you know, make sure that your accountability mechanisms are in place because, uh, you know, that's your trigger for right then, and you are much more vulnerable to, uh, you know, uh, sinful behavior. Well, Mark, at this point, I'd like uh, to have us return to our discussion of Principle 5 from the Life Guide for Men, uh, in which uh, today we're taking a look at accepting responsibility for your behaviors and making amends to all those that uh, you have harmed. Yeah, that's right. So, so far we've talked about, you know, sitting down, making a list, having it be three columns, uh, the names of the people you've harmed, the uh, the nature of the damage you've done, and then the uh, the nature of the amends that you're going to need to make. So... I think it's it's kind of a universal amend, by the way, to uh, consider the fact that you're going to start telling the truth. I'm guessing that most of the people on your list are people to whom you've told a lot of lies. So, you know, one general large amend is to start telling the truth and uh, to help people with their own sense of reality and, and all of that. So that's one thing. Sometimes 
when we think about damage, it's easy to think about obvious things like if we've stolen something from somebody, you know, like money or robbed them out of a, a possession, then that damage is easier to correct. Uh, you can repay the debt. You can give them whatever you've stolen back. I, I think of, uh, for whatever reason, whenever I, I come to this part of uh, teaching about amends, uh, I always think of Zacchaeus, the tax collector, who, uh, you know, Jesus invited to dinner. And Zacchaeus was so impressed with his new relationship with Jesus, he decided to make amends to all of those people that he'd robbed out of their money by charging them unfair taxes. And, you know, the Bible describes that he was so on fire with making amends that he actually repaid them back more than what he actually had taken from them in the first place. And uh, I kind of like that in that, you know, uh, that attitude of being willing to make amends is is a willingness to give back. Sure, generous amends. It seems that um, when you go to make amends, it's much more than the simple, I'm sorry. That's right. Yeah, that's an often uh, common misconception, I think, in the whole field of making amends, that it's it's simply uh, going to the other person and saying you're sorry and asking for their forgiveness. For whatever reason, whenever I think of this one, I, I think about being a little kid, how oftentimes I would uh, kind of beat up on my little brother. My parents would make me go apologize to him, and uh, so I'd say I'm sorry. Uh, you know, <laughs> well, you're slapping him on the well, side of well, the head. I'm, yeah, well, I'm doing something else. To him, <laughs> you know, but I said it so kind of uh, sarcastically or insincerely, you know, insincerely or angrily that. Uh, and I think sometimes kids come to their parents uh, say I'm sorry. It's in a way kind of manipulative. They they want uh, their parents not to punish them. So I think we need to be aware of the fact that sometimes we're we're shopping for what I call cheap grace, you know, if if we're just going and saying, I'm sorry. And then we quote five scriptures about forgiveness. <laughs> I, by the way, that sounds crazy, but I've actually seen husbands do it. So uh, uh, not a good idea. So uh, making amends is so much more than just saying you're sorry. You know, it's again, you know, paying back, becoming a truth teller. Now, I think in our field, one of the most important things to say is if, the damage you've done is because of uh, sexual uh, infidelity, then then one of the ways you're going to make amends is to become sexually pure, sexually faithful. The only way to kind of repay the damage that you've done to a spouse's trust, for example, is to, uh, over time, um, become consistent in your behavior and to become sexually pure and also not to expect them to just forgive you you know right off the top you know that to realize that, that that might take you know months and sometimes even years for them to rebuild trust all uh, dependent on whether or not you've changed your behavior i would think that that relationship with your spouse would be the most difficult of the trusts to Regain. That's right. Yeah. Well, obviously, it's it's a uh, sacred level of trust. It's a uh, based on a commitment and a sacrament. So you know that's you know that's hard, but it can be done. I you know I want the listeners to hear that it can be done. Uh, it does happen. It does take place, and it, it it is really kind of pointing us to one of the major definitions of the word amend. If you look it up in the dictionary, or just look at its technical 
uh, definition, amend means to change. Mm-hmm. So amend means to do something differently. So if you've been doing something sinfully, you know, the main way to make an amend is to change sinful behavior into uh, righteous behavior and mm-hmm. and to start you know, doing the the right thing as opposed to the wrong thing. That's the major way we make amends. What What's the definition or the explanation for the difference between direct and indirect amends? Oh, you're getting me to the, uh, the, the other kind of major amends that we make. One of the things that happens in our field is that, you know, some of the men want to go back to uh, some of the women that they've acted out with and make amends to them, you know, which is a stupid idea. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if you're trying to change <laughs> and end an affair, you know, th- that kind of thing, then you want to not have contact with those women. So, you know, uh, it's not like... Uh, they weren't at some level responsible for you know the affair also, so you, you've got to let them do their own thing, and it's just very important uh, as you're as you're seeking to make amends to your spouse to not have contact with them. Some of the people in your life that you've harmed, you know, may not want to have contact with you. They they may not want to ever talk to you again. They may not ever want to see you again. Um, you may come up with people on your list that you've harmed that are just no longer a part of your life. They live in another part of the world, the country, whatever. Or, you know, worst case scenario, uh, they've died, and uh, uh, there's no way to pay them back or, you know, uh, ask for their forgiveness or that kind of thing. Uh, I've always thought that it was important to, uh, you know, make indirect amends. And uh, indirect amends is to pick out uh, certain behaviors or things or actions that you would take for other people that may represent the changes that you're trying to accomplish. I get into this better when I start thinking about examples of it. So one of the things I did in the uh, early days when I wrote my first book was I decided to uh, dedicate a a percentage of the royalties from that book uh, over the years, Uh, and and they are donated to a, a counseling center that has a national outreach and it, and it works uh, with women who have been uh, betrayed sexually by pastors. And since part of my history was, you know, as a pastor, I got into that kind of sexual betrayal with women, you know, and, and as I look at, you know, wanting to make amends to them, I, I'm not going to go back to them and have contact with them. That's not a good idea. That's not advisable. And, you know, I'm sure none of them want to have any contact with me anyway. So, but now if I make indirect amends, uh, I can um, donate money to a counseling center that, that works with women who have been sexually betrayed by other pastors. That is an, uh, uh, an indirect amend, uh, if that makes any sense to the listeners. Another form of indirect amend is... Uh, I think prevention. So um, to just summarize the other one, and I gave you kind of one of my own examples, but you know, I think if, if you think about helping people today that might be victims of other people's damage, one way to uh, make indirect amends is to give back, to give back to other people who have been damaged or hurt by something, I think is one way to make indirect amends. Another way to think of indirect amends is prevention. So uh, if I can help other men get sober and uh, get free of 
their sexual sinfulness, if I can prevent damage as it might occur in the future, I think that's an indirect amends. So part of what I'm going to do, and certainly a lot of what we've dedicated our work here to at Faithful and True, is to... uh, is prevention, you know. Uh, at whatever level we get men in terms of their own story, uh, we're going to want to help them not perpetrate further damage into the future. It's been really gratifying to me over the uh, last number of years to see an increasing number of younger men come in here, 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old young men who are, are kind of, in some of their cases, wanting to take their sexuality and sexual purity seriously before they even get married. We've had a number of young uh, men lately who are engaged to be married and have a have a date and uh, want to kind of uh, get a hold of their pornography addiction, their struggles with masturbation be- before going into marriage. When I think about all the damage that I created uh, in my marriage because of my sexual sinfulness, if in the future I can help a man not do that kind of damage before he gets married, that that to me is a way of, of making amends, of stopping damage before it actually starts. So as we wrap up today's show and this Principle 5, what's the parting thought that you'd like uh, our audience to uh, be left with? I think one of the things here is that, like so many of the principles, you know, making amends is an ongoing lifetime journey. It's it's not something where, you know, one time you sit down, make a list, go to people and say you're sorry, ask for their forgiveness, and now you're done. Yeah, I'm glad I'm done with that. Yeah, right. So it, it's more about the ongoing rest of your life change, amend that you're making, becoming a truth teller, a man of integrity. And it's also about giving back, not necessarily always directly, but oftentimes indirectly. Right. Well, uh, we hope that today's message has been a powerful one for you. And we uh, invite you to join us again next week on the Men of Valor program. You've been listening to Dr. Mark Laser. My name is Randy Everett. I'm your co-host. And we'd like to thank Ben Laser, our technical director and engineer, for all of his talents today. We hope that you have a great week, and we will be back with you again soon. You've been listening to the Men of Valor program with Dr. Mark Laser. For information about this program or to learn more about Faithful and True, visit us at FaithfulandTrue.com. That's FaithfulandTrue.com.